Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts, who are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and as is Tuesday tradition, Andy's doing the golf show, so we bring in Mr. Matthew Rooney. How are we doing, Matt? What did you think of that, well, pretty boring football game, I'd say? Yeah, I just got, like, I got a little bit of hope when it was 24 nothing, and then the Bucks went down and scored the touchdown. They're like, all right, maybe this will get interesting. But then they missed the two-point conversion. The drama was just kind of gone right away. So, like, whatever little intrigue that was generated from that one drive was immediately lost after a missed two-point conversion. It was hilarious to keep watching Maher attempt extra points and keep missing them. Amazing. I'm upset that he made the last one. I, I – um, like when the game was 24 to six and the Cowboys got close, I was almost in my own head. Like, all right, if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm trying to like get this ball to the five center it in the hash and then just send out the field goal team on like second and goal from the five and just let him kick one through the uprights. Let him see one go in. Uh, but he did get that extra point. So good for him. And Hey, congratulations on your first touchdown. Love it. I, I would do. Have you been tracking how many units you're up on that this year? Cause it, I feel like it's at least, at least every other weekend, we're we're here in a noob's uh, a noob's first touchdown hit, if not more. I have to go back and double check. There was a little bit of a dry spell during the middle of the year, but it seems like these last couple of weeks we're kind of back again. A smaller number at fourteen to one, but it's still good. And we get a chance probably to play him again because the Cowboys move forward, which means it was probably Tom's last game in Tampa Bay, right? There's no reason for him to stay. I mean, maybe he plays for another Florida team, goes to Texas where they don't have any income tax because, you know, he's got a lot going on in that regard. But, you know, I mean, what did you think of Tom last night? I think it still says a lot about his reputation. We all kind of expected something out of him in the second half, but it's been kind of a pretty sad season for him. And I mean, what did you think? And I mean, how excited should the team that gets him next year even be? It depends on the situation he walks into. Like he's obviously not prime Tom Brady anymore, but I think in the right situation with an offensive line in front of him that can protect, I think he's going to be just fine. And I think a team would, a lot of the teams that we have up on the screen would be excited to have him there. Um, I think with Tampa this year, just the offensive line inconsistency and lack of health was just, it was never there. He, they didn't have any sort of run game. The defense got banged up and hurt and kind of put him in bad spot. It is, they weren't bad, but, you know, they were banged up and not as good as they could have been down the stretch. They weren't as good as they have been the last few years. Um, I, I'm still interested in him if I'm a team looking for a quarterback that is a quarterback away from winning now. So, like, I, I, look, I look at the Dolphins at plus 1,000. I've been saying them for a long time. I think that's a perfect fit. I think they make an upgrade or two on the offensive line. They have the receivers. They have the running game. Uh, bring in Tom Brady, and I think he gets something complete, especially with the inconsistency of quarterback there. And obviously, two is uh, question question marks with his with his concussion history. Are you even going to bring him back next year? I don't really know. So that that's that's where I'm kind of looking. How about you? Yeah, like you said, I mean, it all comes down to having good protection in the middle of that offensive line, a good center, a couple of good guards, and. Uh, that makes a lot of sense if you look at Indianapolis. Now, I don't know if the Colts could support cheering for Tom Brady, and I don't know if that um, franchise is just ready to do, you know, with the, this, I guess this would be the third, fourth year in a row of let's get a quarterback two years, three years too late. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe they go in a little different direction. That would work. Um, I think the Jets have a pretty solid offensive line. I'm failing to find some offensive line rank. Baltimore is an intriguing one for me too. If if they do let if they do trade Lamar, tag and trade him, which I mean. Uh, it does seem like that might be the route. I mean, they have, they always have a very good defense. They have a head coach in, in John Harbaugh who has, you know, been there forever, consistent, probably a guy that Tom Brady would like to play for, get along with pretty well. Um, they, 
would need to add a weapon or two on the outside, but like they have the running game, you know, that they have the offensive line. Um, that one's a wild card that I kind of hadn't really thought of yet either. That would be an intriguing one, but you have to, I, I think they're low on draft picks. You have to find a way to add, if not a number one, a true number one wide receiver, like a one, a wide receiver, a one B, you know, a number two to that mix. Yeah. And again, that's why I sort of keep going back to the Colts. I don't know if the Jets make sense because he probably doesn't want to play New England twice a year. I think he'd be nuts to go play for the Raiders. That team is just a mess. Yeah. The I wouldn't go near it. I'm not sure why the 49ers are there. I feel like they just don't want Tom Brady there. So, yeah, the Colts, I like the Dolphins. I mean, Washington obviously would be chasing them down. But these other teams, I'm not so sure. So, we'll see. Was, it should be pretty interesting. I was listening to uh, Mike Florio from from Pro Football Talk this morning. He was doing a hit on one of the Chicago uh, stations and was asked about Brady. And the, the, he said, you know, off the radar chance that, you know, wherever Sean Payton goes, Brady's going to try and go because that was, you know, the rumor they were trying to do that in Miami last year until they, you know, got in trouble for it and the Dolphins lost their first round pick. But he, he listed Carolina as a possible option as well. Well, it's hard to picture Tom Brady playing in a Carolina Panthers uniform. That division is terrible. Obviously, they have quarterback uncertainty, but they have a running game. They have DJ Moore. They they can they have some room to add a receiver. They have draft picks. They have a pretty good defense, like we saw from last year. And they're they're in that awful division that Tom Brady is just about to leave that he won as a as an eight and nine quarterback or whatever it was. So, and, and there were rumors that you know ownership is willing to pay a lot of money for a quarterback. Really interested to see in that one. Uh, that that's a long shot off the radar. Like that could actually kind of work fit if that's if he's interested still in pairing up with Sean Payton. Yeah, that's interesting, the Sean Payton connection. I kind of forgotten about that. So, yeah, we'll see. It could be interesting. Dan Dan thinks Lamar is going to be in Atlanta and then Tom in Carolina. We'll see. I wonder if Dan, I hope you get Lamar. Lamar. I do. I really do. It would be fun. It would be fun to watch yeah. him running around on that field, all those fast wide receivers. He loves tight ends. So somebody might finally throw the ball to I've... Kyle Pitts. I feel like he would look even faster in that uh, in that stadium too. I feel like the Dome Stadium, like especially in Atlanta, for some reason, like the players just look faster. I think Lamar would even look would look even faster there. Hey, let's be the uniforms or something. But that's a lot of fun. Let us know what you think in the comments where Tom Brady might end up. But there's actual sports today, and as I like to, let's start with the NBA. Just four games tonight. Um, we're back to kind of those small slates on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Two games I like, two games I'm happy to leave behind. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks host the Toronto Raptors as short favorites. Uh, hard to know who's going to be playing for Milwaukee tonight, so I'll leave that one go. And then my Sixers play the Clippers. Everything looks pretty solid there. I was thinking about maybe an over, but the Clippers have just been a dead nut under team, especially at home. But two bets I like, and as is uh, brown bag bets tradition, Matt, we like to bet stinky dogs. No dog stinkier than the San Antonio Spurs. Second or third worst record in the league so far this year, but have been a very solid team at home. They play up to their competition there for the home crowd, it seems. Almost all their big losses coming on the road. They host a Brooklyn Nets team tonight that is without Kevin Durant and is still being priced like a very good team. I don't think that the market's made a big enough adjustment here for this Brooklyn Nets team and how inconsistent they are without Durant. There's not a lot of leadership on the floor. Again, Kyrie Irving can be very good, but you know, just having that safety net of 
Durant, who's always going to be out there and give you 37 and 7 on any particular night, um, leaves a lot of uncertainty for this Nets team. And I, I think we'll be attacking them a little bit for the next few days or even the next few weeks, hopefully, if the, the market doesn't adjust their rating enough. So I had this game closer to four. Um, you know, the five and a half, six here honestly looked closer to Durant line than, than I had. So happy to take the Nuggets here. Anything plus five or better looks good at home. And then an under. I know that overs were great yesterday, but we've kind of seen a back and forth here. The market sort of settled a little bit on these. And the Portland Trailblazers visit the Denver Nuggets. Um, a huge number here, 238. That is high. I, I had this more in like the 232 range or so. Now, it can be harder to project some of these totals at those higher ranges. Um, a little more variance, obviously, when you're expecting this many points. But Denver has been very good at home, slowing the ball down. The Nuggets have really – I'm sorry, the Blazers have really struggled to score you know, Lillard or no Lillard. Uh, both teams uh, – Portland comes in here, I believe, on a back-to-back -back or at least in a bad rest spot here. So um, I think that we'll see kind of a slow, clunky game. The Nuggets, again, have been happy to sort of control these spots, keep minutes down for guys and – um, they've been much better defensively here. So, again, had this in the mid to low 230s. I think anything 237, honestly, or higher is worth an underplay here tonight. So, give me an underdog and an under in the association. What's happening in Love hockey? A lot of hockey tonight? What are we doing? Uh, decent. We have a decent-sized slate tonight. I only, I only have a pair of picks, um, but the, the, I think it's like six or seven games. Tuesday's usually a bigger night for them. Um, I, I have, obviously, a, a puck line at plus money because that's that's what I do. I give out those picks, and then we're going to go with an over in a later game. Start with the Leafs and Panthers. We're going to take the Leafs plus 138, uh, minus one and a half at home against the Florida Panthers. Toronto has lost two of their uh, their last two games uh, against decent opponents, that, that is. But uh, Panthers playing a little bit better after a slow start to this season, but still a little bit disappointing. And if you look at the home and road splits between these two teams, Florida has just been a terrible team on the road. They've allowed 91 goals on the road this year as opposed to 61 at home. So that is 30 more uh, 30 more goals on the road, I think, in just like two more road games or one more road game played. So that's been a problem for them all year. And Toronto's a team that can score on the road or score in general. Uh, and they, I believe they've allowed, uh, they've, only, they've allowed like 12 less goals at home too. So they're a better defensive team at home. They're just a better team at home overall, like most, most hockey teams are. But Florida's just been brutal on the road. Uh, we're we're going to lay the one and a half here with Toronto. I really like them in this spot against the team in Florida uh, that has really struggled away from uh, away from Florida. And then the Kraken and the Oilers over six and a half. Uh, both of these teams can score a lot of goals. Seattle's playing really really good hockey. They just got, they just had their eight game winning streak snapped. Uh, it was eight overall, seven in a row on a road. I think it was like the first team in NHL history to sweep a seven-game road trip. They came back uh, from that, had a little bit of a laid egg performance at home against Tampa. We talk about how that happens sometimes after a long, successful road trip. You come home, you lay a little bit of an egg. They go back on the road to take on Edmonton. A team that last time they played on that road trip, they put up seven goals against one seven to two. Edmonton scores a lot of goals. Edmonton allows a lot of goals. I think over seven has hit in each of their last four games. And I think you've seen three of those four go to eight or more. Um, I expect a little bit of a track meet uh, that, that I feel like we're going to see a lot of goals because both of these teams uh, like to score a lot and then at times can let up a lot too. I like That's it. What I, I like got. these overs. It's been fun. And again, we're still not it's not second period overtime yet. I'm just going to keep We're not once now the college football's over and the NFL's <laughs> winding down. I'm, this is I, I promise you this is when I'm going to I'm going to hit the books. I'll probably start with those Edmonton Oilers because that's a team that likes to score a lot and likes to let up a lot. So that might be a, a good place to start looking for some second period overs, but I promise you we're going to start looking at second period overs in, in the coming weeks here. We'll have something for you.
All right, good. I'm just going to keep harassing you. Otherwise, I know. And hey, I appreciate it. Someone needs to hold me accountable, and it's not going to be Andy. So <laughs> He's too worried about golf and all sorts of other stuff, and even tennis. I think Andy might be secretly betting some tennis here. I've seen him in a couple of I... chats sweating a few looks that I was unaware of. Yeah, I feel like when the majors come around, Andy gets, you know, I mean, gets very into it. When it's not the majors, he kind of relies on you for his picks. But I feel like when it's the Aussie Open, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, whatever, he gets, you know, he's got, I'm watching brown bag bets and we have two sections. We have Andy's tennis picks and we have Noose's. We're going to have to harass Andy for some ATP, Andy. So we'll put a pin in that. Anytime we're harassing Andy, I'm in for it. (laughs) Have you been watching any of the tennis? I know there's lots going on, but this is like prime viewing hours. I really, you know, I... Now that the playoffs are over for the weekend, now is when I will probably try and then flip back and start expanding my sports horizon. So I have not been yet, but maybe this week I might jump into it, especially if, I mean, I, I see some plus money winners on here. You know, I, you know, you know, I'm a, I, I love those. I can't resist those. Just here to make your eyes twinkle. And it's maybe not the worst thing in the world you didn't watch last night. Um, it's been really tough weather-wise in Australia. There are some extreme heat um, cancellations, basically, they had yesterday. Um, effectively, you know, it's summer in Australia. We're talking about 95 to 100 degrees just outside. Um, when you get down to the bottom of these courts, all the heat sits down in there. It gets up to be 110, 115 in some of those Um, arena so that's kind of what happened yesterday to pull everybody off the courts because it was literally too hot for human beings to be out there and then as soon as the heat less lowered up rain lots and lots of rain so it's been tough to have too many matches luckily it's a grand slam they do have a couple indoor um arenas that people can use so it's kind of a mess yesterday and um yeah, I think you're. I think Dan, from a scheduling perspective, uh, so as you saw in the chat there, Dan wants to know um, there are going to be some players coming off some weird matches. There's going to be some scheduling problems. Now, again, it's a Grand Slam, so they generally find a way to give everybody a break. But if we lose a day or two now, it's going to take them a little while to jam all these matches together. So a lot of fatigue angles to take into account. And again. Be sure to check the schedule later on. Um, tennis is constantly changing all this stuff. Again, there's a bunch of matches that are half played. Generally what will happen is they'll get into the matches that were scheduled to start and then give those players some time to warm up before they finish their matches. But let's dive into a bunch of picks. Um, and just to say, I don't know when these will be played. Um, some could be played as early as tonight. Some could be played tomorrow. Some might even be Thursday night. I'm not entirely sure. So, again, go through. We have a couple picks we already talked about here, but um, a handful of ads. We'll start with Jill Teichman playing against Lin Zhu. Um, like the first set over here. Um, Teichman is a great first set over player. Regularly, we see 6'4", 7'5", 7'6", with her. She's a really good returner, knows how to pressure her opponent if she is behind, but at the same time, um, has a little bit of a weak serve. And if you're an opponent that's not necessarily scared of stepping up a little bit, um, you've got a chance to sort of fire some shots back at her. So I look at a match here where the total is 21, heading up to 21 and a half, and I get a chance to take over 9.5 at um Plus 110, I think there's even a plus 115 out there. That looks great to me. Again, I think this is just a classic misunderstanding of how some of these matches flow. I would have this first set, honestly, closer to 10, and then the second set a little bit lower, closer to 8.5, where generally they'll just hang some 9.5. So let's take first set over 9.5. Then a full match total. Jesse Pagula goes up against Alexandra Sasnovich. Sasnovich, um, another kind of measuring stick player. You know, Generally a good way to figure out who's kind of a top 60 or so player in the WTA. And Jesse Pagul is one of the five to 10 best players on tour. Should absolutely murk Sastovich tonight. If you're playing any DFS, get Pagula in your lineups. Um, the spread is minus five and a half. 
which is pretty close to where I have it at six. And the five and a half is kind of juicy. So I'm just going to take under 19 and a half here. It would be really tough for Pagula to cover this in three sets anyway. So six, three, six, four, we cover this. Six, four, six, two, which again is kind of what the projection looks like here. We're well under. So give me under 19 and a half. But if you want to sell down to 19, that's just fine. But 19 and a half at regular juice looks good. These next two talked about the last couple of days. So you might already have these in your portfolio. Double check and make sure you don't double down. Lucia Bronzetti, still minus 120 against Laura Siegman. Again, we're just going to be fading Laura Siegman in the twilight of her career. Really like the way Bronzetti has started her season, had this closer to minus 140, minus 145. This Potapova number started to move just a touch. Not sure if there's plus 110 out there. I'm looking at plus 100, plus 105. Any sort of plus number is really solid here. Um, and goes up against Sloane Stevens, who still more of a name than a player at this point. Um, her level of focus just wanes in and out, and it can be really tough to figure out what she's going to do. A very talented player, but not much more talented than Potapova. Potapova has all the skills that you would want, can be a little bit erratic, but even given that possibility, happy to take her at plus money in a match where I have her favored. And then Danielle Collins goes up against Carolina Mahova, and I was shocked to see this um, nine and a half at anything less than standard juice because the match total is already up to 22. And again, the over looks to be pretty juicy here. So um, jump in and grab this now. I expect this first set, honestly, to move to 10 um, at some point tomorrow as they start to figure out, again, some of these correlations. This great shot of a 6-4-7-5 set here. Probably stack this one if I get a chance. And thank you, Dan. He dumped all the times in there. And as much as I'd like to believe those are going to be the times those match are played, again, don't know if we're going to have heat delays or heat cancellations and they try to bring everybody inside. Don't know if there's going to be rain. So ideally, Dan did a good job. You can see pretty much all the matches will be played. There's some early matches tonight and then one should be early tomorrow morning. So fingers crossed the weather holds up for us. We'll see. It's been a rough start, but that just means more tennis packed into less time, which is always more better. I like that. I think I'm going to, uh, I don't know which three yet, but I think I'm going to throw together like a three leg parlay from the picks he gave me. I got to decide which ones I want, but I think, I think that's my plan. It's uh, I get a couple DMs every once in a while. And it's a scary tournament, Matt, because there's a lot of big favorites and people look and they're just like, Oh, I'll just take all the 500s and 600s and mm. smack them together. This is not the tournament to do this. We're in the third week of the year. We don't know how, what form any that's of these women are in. The weather is brutal. We don't know, you know, who's going to react to the heat. For example, you've got Petra Kvitova, a decent favorite over a player like Kalanina. Kvitova has terrible asthma. And at some point, pretty much every year in Australia, just uh, kind of loses her ability to breathe because you're basically standing in hot yeah. soup out there. It's just a mess. you got somebody like Ostapenko, who's minus 500 and should be a huge favorite against Bondar. But if you've seen Ostapenko, she is... Um, not in the best shape of her career. There's a lot more of Ostapenko to love these days. Okay. These are these are the things that I need to know. These are the nuggets that I don't know on my own that I need you for. I don't I don't need you clicking wildly going, oh, there's a minus 2,500. That kid, don't do it. Don't do it. Stay now away. I know. Maybe when Wimbledon rolls around, but not now. Not this turn. <laughs> well, that's Wimbledon has just its own problems because these people only play glass for like a month a year. But it is still fun. If you want some Degen stuff, you can go ahead and DM me your ideas. I'm always happy to see them and try to talk you down. But again, be careful with some of that stuff. We've got a lot of looks and a bunch of tennis and Pay attention to the schedule, but I think that's all we have for the people. Um, usually this is where Andy remembers there's some sort of soccer match that we should be betting. Is there anything you may have forgotten? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just watch Andy on the golf show. If it, is, I don't know if that's still going on or what time that started, but it might be on. If it's not on anymore, that means it's over and on YouTube. So go ahead and watch him there. That makes him happy. 
Oh, shout out. I think he probably brought it up yesterday, but shout out to Noonan for hitting a 45 to one on the outright in the Sony open. That was, that's Burt's golf just starting out the year hot. I know they had a great year last year, but I mean, that's 45 to one outright in the second tournament of the year. That's, that's setting the bar a little bit too high too early. Be careful. <laughs> well, again, they're still running the promotion, right? It's um, forty-five dollars off um, yeah. as a result of the forty-five to one. And again, get in early. I don't know how many of those outrights those guys hit, but it felt like at least every other week. And there were multiple it, weeks in a row. It was stunning. They, it, and whether it's not, there were there towards the end of the year, there were multiple weeks in a row. And when they're not hitting outrights, they're hitting all these, you know, tournament matchups or round matchups. So go ahead and give them a follow. They are. They had a fantastic debut year last year with Betsburg's Golf. Absolutely. So, again, nothing else for us to cover. Just a little hockey, a little basketball, a little tennis. Best of luck to everybody. Give us a thumbs up, and we'll be back tomorrow.